Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. It's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, I had Bonnie Henry on as yeah. the first guest on the show today. A big day yesterday with some of the big restrictions day. being relaxed. You know, some key ones still there, though, right? You still got a mask up. You still have the BC vaccine card in place. Mm-hmm. What did you think about what uh, the announcements that she made yesterday? Yeah, I think it was a landmark day, quite frankly. It's the end of restrictions in terms of gatherings and in large numbers. And it was interesting yesterday, foreshadowing what's going to happen in the fall. Uh, again, she predicted what was going to happen this fall. She didn't predict Omicron, but she said back you know, back in the summer, be aware, be wary of the respiratory illness season. There will be more illness, uh, significantly more illness because of that. And that's exactly what happened. Omicron exacerbated that. But she, again, as she dropped the restrictions yesterday, was asked about the fall and said, look, we're going to get another respiratory illness season. There's going to be more illness. This fall. This fall. uh, uh, This coming fall. And there's going to be more COVID-19. COVID-19 is not going away. This virus is a particularly nasty virus. It's not going to disappear. But she served notice that she doesn't anticipate bringing in more restrictions. So this, again, very much a landmark day where... The the ban on you know the the fifty percent capacity limit the six people at a restaurant table no mingling no dinner parties this sort of thing is gone and yeah. that's a, that's a, a and she doesn't issue. think it's coming back she doesn't think it's coming back now so, she said you know who knows in terms of another variant if it's more um you know more transmissible or more or more severe than the omicron maybe maybe it does come back but right now we seem to be through the worst of it yeah and one of the things that she said yesterday it jumped out at me and she touched on this again this morning was she said we are going into kind of a self-management phase of this virus that you will calculate your own personal risk and mm-hmm. your family's risk and make your own decisions for yep. yourself yep and and that's very much uh, the core of her, her strategy and it's interesting, you know, uh, BC has been an outlier all through this where we have not had the same kind of restrictions other places have had. And that's been her approach. And a key part of Dr. Henry's approach has been the mental health aspect. Yeah. And, the and you know, she's had a three-pronged approach, and we've talked about this before, uh, to prevent a severity of Ill, uh, severe illness and death. That's number one. Number, and also prevent the overwhelming of the healthcare system. So yeah. those are two sort of intended. But the third one has been minimal disruption of societal norms, to try to minimal uh, disruption of your of your normal life. And that's why we've kept the schools open. That's why we've kept retail open. Other places have closed, re- from time to time, closed retail stores, sure. closed schools for long yeah. periods of time. BC hasn't done that. So again, this is in, f- in keeping with her approach is to have minimal disruption of society and that means no more restrictions in the fall, even though our COVID cases will likely spike. Okay, so she did say, though, to me this morning that she anticipates that some vaccine mandates would potentially be permanent. Yep. So if you work in the healthcare system, for example, permanent, that's not going to be dropped. You no, must be vaccinated to work in the healthcare system. Do you think that would include, like, I think a lot of people can understand, okay, you work in a nursing home with, with mm-hmm. vulnerable adults and seniors. Yeah, you should be vaccinated. Maybe that should be a permanent rule. 
What if you're a chiropractor? What if you're a dental assistant? Those rules stay. That's become permanent. I think it is going to be permanent. So those people are covered by the mandate. As of March 24th, they have to be vaccinated yeah. with at least one dose. Uh, and I think the mandates will uh, be uh, permanent. Now, those are that's a relatively small group of the population portion of the population. Uh, you and I are not covered by a vaccine vaccine mandate, but workplaces may insist on keeping it. It'd be interesting with the BC legislature where you and I are located. Well, it keeps its vaccination requirement. You yeah. can't come into the BC legislature right now to work or to visit unless you show proof of vaccination. Yeah. And that may be, I've talked to officials here, I think that's going to be on the books forever. Okay, we continue to follow that very closely. Meanwhile, in Ottawa, the the truck blockade of Ottawa continues. It's into day 20 today. The Emergencies yeah. Act has been invoked in Canada. The actual wording and the details of this emergency declaration is set to be put in front of the House of Commons here, mm -hmm. potentially today. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have like a, a firestorm political fight in the House of Commons over this Emergencies Act here coming up, potentially starting today. Let me play a clip here for you and get your thoughts. So this is an exchange between Justin Trudeau and Conservative leader Candace Bergen on the Emergencies Act. Have a listen to this. Absolutely right. This is a time for responsible leadership, not crass partisanship. The situation requires additional tools not held by other federal, provincial, or territorial law. It's what responsible leadership requires. These measures must be and will be compliant with the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. We will always defend the rights of Canadians to peaceful assembly and to freedom of expression. But these blockades need to end and unfortunately conservative politicians continue to encourage the leaders of these blockades. Well, leader of the opposition. Well, let's get down to the basics of what this is really about. This is about the Prime Minister's ideological attachment to keeping COVID restrictions and mandates. 63% of Canadians want the restrictions and mandates to end. Conservatives presented a motion yesterday asking simply for a plan, but the Prime Minister is in denial and is ignoring the science. Okay, I was yesterday in the House of Commons there, Trudeau tangling with uh, the Conservative leader, Candace Bergen. Your thought? Bergen's got her numbers wrong. 63% of Canadians actually want the va the mandates to remain in place. That's Maybe she's looking at a different poll. Abacus, Datwell, Abacus, Data, um, Angus Reid, 72% won the convoys to end, the truckers to go home. I think Trudeau relishes this fight. Finally, he's come out of sort of doing nothing to s taking a very bold and controversial stand uh which is unprecedented but um i think uh i think he relishes this fight well is he going to get it done though i mean when is this what it, well, how does I he clean know. out that blockade i don't know how they're going to clear out ottawa i think they're going to have an effect on the borders already coots is 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 dismantled you're going to see uh, i think a lessening of uh, the pacific highway blockade even though there's a convoy on the way from prince george 20 25 trucks on the way to the border, border, we'll see what happens there. Ottawa's a different mess. That is a mess. I'm not sure this Emergencies Act is going to clear that thing. One of the points of contention I expect to hear in this debate in the House of Commons are, are, are when they get down to the nitty-gritty and debating this emergency order would be the provisions around banking and the seizing of bank accounts and, and insurance policies for anyone who participates in these in these uh, blockades. Because if you take a, a very close reading of, of this act as it was outlined by the government this week is as anyone who supports supports the mm -hmm. a blockade could potentially have their bank accounts frozen now you've got some people saying like wait a minute what if i go on facebook and i click like on a truck convoy page 
Uh, Does that mean my bank is going to I think, freeze my bank account? No, no, I think that's a stretch. But if you start giving money to a, a protest, uh, I don't think your an individual bank account is going to be frozen. I think we're talking large transactions of money, not a twenty five. Well, no, if you if you are a truck, if you own a truck that is in that blockade in Ottawa, you better get it out could, of there. They could freeze your bank yep, account oh, for sure. And Christian Freeland served notice. The finance minister said we're going to follow the money. Yeah. I thought that was the most interesting part of this. Is it's not it, we're not going to see the spectacle of police with batons wading into these these uh, protests, but freezing the money, freezing the accounts, freezing your insurance and your licenses that has a real impact on individuals. Well, I, th- I think it's also where it's going to be a real political fight over it if the conservatives dig in on that part of it. So well, that's going to be interesting. Conservatives don't have the numbers though. The NDP supports it. It's a yeah. it's a done deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jugmeet Singh has already said he will support. Yeah. He'll support even though he thinks Trudeau is a failure as a leader. Uh, let me ask you about uh, a friend of yours, Mike Mc- Mike McCranor. Yeah, so a legend of journalism, Mike McCranor, uh, legendary former assistant uh, managing editor of the Vancouver Sun, died this week. I think it was eighty-six. Uh, he was. I mean, this is old school journalism, old school newspaper. You're an old newspaper guy. I'm an old newspaper guy, and. This guy was a legend in the Vancouver Sun newsroom. Uh, back in the six days when the Sun was located at six in Granville, I'll never forget as a young summer student, um, McCranner plucked me from the roster of anonymity of we're all the same, fighting for one job sort of thing, and put me on the rewrite desk and the, on the deadline desk, working with him at Saturday morning, 5 a.m. shift, just me and him and Mike yeah. Kane, putting out the Saturday paper. And rewriting it, basically. He took the view that the previous night was incompetent. The night shift was incompetent, and he had to remake <laughs> the paper. But don't forget, the old Sun building, there was a little button on city desk where he sat. You could stop the presses. Oh, wow. And he said, laddie. He was a Scottish <laughs> guy, former Scottish. He was a Scotsman, uh, former member of the Scottish youth uh, national soccer team. Wow. But a big guy, bushy eyebrows, very gruff. And he said, Larry Baldry, do you want to stop the presses? As I rewrote the front page story, and I said, yeah. And, and in those days at the Sun Building, when the presses ran, the whole building shook. You put your coffee cup, your cup of coffee on your desk, and there would be a little, it was like an earthquake, a little tremor. You could oh. watch. It was very, it's kind of romantic to think of those days of the presses running and your coffee shaking a bit <laughs> on, your, on the desk. Uh, but I was able to stop the literally stop the presses. You stopped by, the presses. I stopped the wow. presses and replated the front wow. page. And Mike McCranner was legendary. He was gruff. He was uh, tough. Boy, was he a tough editor. He would just scream and he would demand a hundred percent all the time. Uh, but you basically die to please. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> All right. Right to your phone lines. John in Vancouver. Hi, John. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. Um, I'm just wondering why it is that the federal government is so slow in re, uh, giving the same te- testing option to Canadians, you, you know, vaccinated or unvaccinated, flying across Canada. Right now there's uh, mandates in place where citizens can't fly if they're unvaccinated. 
But again, a negative test is a negative test. So regardless of my vaccine status, if I'm tested in Vancouver and showed to be negative, there should be no reason I can't get on a plane and wear the proper face gear, mm-hmm. masking, and fly across my country or any other right. part of my country. Yeah, you know, it's so, interesting. Uh, Good point. The, the yeah. travel rules are, are probably the one area that is evolving all the time. If you if you think about it, the border and, the tra- and air travel in particular is where changes are happening all the time. So February 28th, there's no longer a requirement for the mandatory PCR test to come into Canada. You will have, but you still have to have a rapid uh, antigen test. But it's not the expense of $200 uh, PCR test. And that had been in the works for a while. We all saw that coming. So the travel rules are going to, I think, evolve and relax as we go through the spring and summer. But I think the caller put his finger on something that I talked to Bonnie Henry about this morning, and that is what will be dropped and what will be permanent. Now, are you going to have a system in this country where you can't fly domestically? You cannot go on a train across Canada if you're unvaccinated? Like, is that permanent? No. I, so, well, I, first of all, uh, provincial health officers don't speak for the country. Well, I know, but I just asked for her thoughts on it. And, and she was saying, well, that'll be up to individual employers, including the federal government. And yep. But she expressed support for keeping a lot of these vaccination mandates permanent. I right? think the mandates, uh, some of these mandates will be permanent. When 92% of the population is part of that mandate, um, yep. the downside of, of getting rid of it is not nearly as great as if it was a smaller number. Tim, Tim and Burnaby. Hi, Tim. Go ahead. I had COVID, so I have the antibodies, and I'm 13 times uh, protected against, compared to someone who's taken the shot. So if someone's taken the shot to get COVID, they're susceptible to getting COVID again. Why is it that I can't go any place when I have the defenses in my body? Why, should I, why can't I prove that I have it against someone who doesn't have the shot, has the shot, isn't protected against it? Thank you. Thanks for the call. Well, you're not necessarily protected just because you had COVID. There's many instances. Well, you do have some natural immunity after you've been infected, though, right? Some, but there are many cases of people who get COVID, uh, breakthrough cases, who get COVID again. Um, Prince Charles. People can be fully vaccinated and get COVID. Yeah, exactly. Prince Charles just tested positive for the second time, and he's fully vaccinated. But I guess what this guy is saying is, okay, I've had COVID. I'm not vaccinated, but now I've got natural antibodies in my system. So, you know. It's not 100%. So, no. I mean, the unvaccinated. But the thing thing is, if they drop the vaccine card, this guy will be able to go to a restaurant again. If they drop the vaccine card. And I think, actually, the vaccine card, I suspect it will be dropped uh, before June thirtieth, when it right. currently expires. Yeah, so, so they're, they're going to drop that. You know, the vaccine mandates, though, are another thing, and a lot of them federal, like you said. So. Well, very few people are covered by vaccine mandates. I mean, there's there's five point one million people in British Columbia. I think maybe two hundred thousand are covered by mandates. Rick and Pitt Meadows. Hey, Rick. Hey. Um, yeah, on on that topic about uh, unvaccinated people. I mean, why why is she not allowing honest, hardworking Canadians to go back to work? I mean, it's it, to me, it's it's uh, you know they she brings in healthcare workers because they don't have enough that are sick and should be quarantined. They bring in in restaurant staff. They bring in chefs that you know should quarantine because they need the work. They need they have, they're busy. But yet, if you're not vaccinated, you get laid off. No, that's not tra- that's not correct. You can work in a restaurant and not be vaccinated. The vaccine mandates don't. But apply. if you work in an, in a long term care facility, you, you have you, to be you, vaccinated in long term yeah. care. And the evidence is pretty stark about what happens in long term care if you, if the virus gets in there. 
Um, so again, in terms of people who are covered by mandates, there's about 120,000 healthcare workers and, and I think 40,000 long-term care workers and some federally regulated employees, and that's it, except for your individual company. Ron and Poco. Hi, Ron. Go ahead. Hey. Hey. Uh, I'm glad I'm not the last 30 seconds. Um, does it take legislation to make FinTrack have teeth? Because uh, before this, uh, FinTrack was basically powerless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. This goes back to the money laundering situation where uh, BC was uh, very critical of FinTrack, this, the federal agency, of not having enough uh, resources or enforcement to crack down on money laundering. So if FinTrack is now going to be used as part of the crackdown on the trucker convoy, where, where any, any crowdfunding has to be going through FinTrack, and we'll see just how effective that is.